Welcome to SBME Interfaces. Our goal with this show is to introduce you to the people that interface with biomedical engineering from students and faculty to staff and industry and everyone in between. BME is a broad field that encompasses so many different perspectives, journeys, skill sets, and backgrounds, and we are excited to share them all with you. Um, we're very excited today to welcome Leanne Dennis, or Denny, and Debbie Wu uh, to our podcast. Uh, Debbie completed her undergrad in psychology from University of Alberta. She joined the Faculty Applied Science, uh, overseeing the development alumni engagement team, currently in the role as senior director. Uh, and from mid-90s to 2008, she was the director of corporate relations for Big Brothers of Greater Vancouver Foundation. And prior to that, her career in development, she worked for a number of social service organizations serving individuals and families. Leanne did her undergrad in arts, French, and Japanese. Um, maybe we'll test her on those two languages, if you know. <laughs> and from the University of Victoria, she's been a fundraising professional since early 2000, primarily working in healthcare charities, uh, including Crisis Intervention, Su Suicide Prevention Center of BC, and Canadian Cancer Society. She joined Faculty of Medicine in 2011 and is currently the Executive Director of Development and Alumni Engagement. Welcome both. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so uh, just to start off with this, this strange last year that we've all had, uh, how has it uh, impacted your work in development? Uh, what have been some of the major challenges for you and uh, especially as things moved online? We can start with, uh, with Debbie. Oh, great, thanks. Um, I it was really interesting. I mean, we all pivoted so quickly, like uh, basically a day's notice. And what was really shocking is that how quickly we were able to adapt, like from uh, the get-go, like from day one. I think what was really challenging is just trying to regroup. I think both Leanne and I have 30 large development alumni teams. And so it was just kind of getting them all organized. And I think that we, it, it took us a little bit to figure out how are we going to have meaningful conversations with our, with our donors and alumni? Um, and I would say that it probably took us a, a, a couple of months. And once we did uh, the first few, it became quite, uh, quite natural. And it was in, in some ways almost better. You, you were just way more focused uh, during the meetings. And I think that we're, we've just so adapted so well now. But I think the, the, the difficult part is the social aspect. Like we, everybody just misses the human contact piece, so. Mm -hmm. And Leanne, how about you? Well, interestingly, our, our Dean, Dermot Kelleher and I were in Boston uh, at the time oh. of the pandemic. And we were there to make uh, a very large solicitation, larger than one we've ever made before. And, as we went into this donor meeting, we made the decision to not make the solicitation because this particular donor would have been watching his stock portfolio shrink by the second. Um, right. And after that meeting, you know, as the Dean of Medicine, he was on the phone for the next 24 hours trying to figure out what, what to do about our students and our researchers as the university was, was looking to, to shut down. So right from the outset, it was a, a roller coaster. And, and like what Debbie said, we've, we've definitely figured out how to do it, but we've had a few other donor meetings delayed because of the inability to meet in person. And, and some of our donors, some of our big donors really like that. And they, they've said to us, no, no, wait till, wait till I can see you next month and next month and next month, which has now been 12 months. So it's, it's been tricky, 
however, we've reached our goal, uh, which is rather astounding. And, you know, things are looking really good for the future, uh, not only for our, our pipeline and our goals, but the fact that we things should be lightening up very soon and we'll be able to do more in person. Sure, that's great. So Leanne, what drew you to a career in development? What drew me to a development was I was um, in a, a book publishing uh, company, which uh, at the time was interesting, but I hadn't, I kind of hit the ceiling of what was possible there. And this is just as book publishing was becoming, was declining because of things like online books and massive bookstores. And I did some volunteer work for the Canadian Cancer Society and I fell in love with it. I was volunteer work helping with their fundraising gala. And it just gave me the bug for fundraising. And as many fundraisers accidentally stumble into it, I did. I, I took um, a, a job to cover a mat leave replacement for the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation, uh, doing some events work. And here we are 20 years later, and I'm running a really big fundraising shop. That's great. And you, Debbie? Yeah, I would say it's fairly similar. So my background has been in social services and uh I started working for Big Brothers Greater Vancouver as a counselor, um, kind of interviewing and screening families for the program as well as uh, uh, mentors uh, and then uh, kind of match them up. And uh, our organization's largest fundraising um, activity was the Bowl for Big Brothers Classic. And I think everybody's heard of it. It kind of goes on for like a couple of months every year. Uh, and they were short on volunteers and they had asked, hey, Deb, can you come and uh, help me out? And so I, I went to this event and it was so much fun. Like, and, uh, and so it ended up being that I volunteered for years. And then I, of course, uh, I moved back home to Edmonton and about a year and a half later, um, the person that was managing uh, that, that fundraiser and the, the fundraising for the organization called me up and said, hey, there's an opening, are you interested? And I'm like, oh, what, really? <laughs> I just volunteered. And so it was a, it was a, it was a huge risk uh, and I, I, I took the leap because uh, I enjoyed it so much. And I just had such a blast growing and growing the program. And really, I've just never looked back. And it's been, yeah, like Leanne, 20 some odd years and it's just getting better. Just so, so fun. On that note, the what like why AppSci then for you? Like, what are some of the things you find um, special about being on the AppSci portfolio? It's uh, a good question. Um, I think for me, like in all the jobs that I've had, it always starts with the people. I so very much appreciate the team that I have, and uh, not only that, but just the leadership. Uh, team in AppSci and all the the different schools, the different heads and directors, and you know, even though we're such a large faculty, it's got this it's got this small town family feel to it. And anytime you kind of go into the dean's office, there's there's just something crazy going on all the time. And there's a lot of laughter, a lot of uh, fun. Um, and I, I guess the other part that I find really exciting about the faculty is the innovative and entrepreneurial spirit of the the faculty. And I guess in some ways, I always talk to um, my team about being a risk taker. And uh, if, if you're gonna fail, just like entrepreneur, if you're gonna fail, fail fast. And I just love that type of a culture. And uh, yeah, I just really, I, I love it and I really thrive in it. 
Leanne, similar to that, factory medicine is, is a behemoth in itself and sort of unique in its nature. So what makes it special, and I guess, also different than other factory of medicines across Canada? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. There's 17 medical schools across Canada. And, and so I can, I can answer this question in two ways. What, what differentiates UBC is that we are the only medical school in all of, all of British Columbia. Um, and so that's that really puts us in a different position than our, our counterparts in Ontario. And those are the ones I'm most familiar with. And so when I think about what's different with them is, especially University of Toronto, they, they have a very different relationship with their hospitals. There's a little bit more of a, a defined relationship between the Faculty of Medicine and the various teaching hospitals. Unlike here, it's not as clearly defined. They also have a very different funding model in Ontario where academic medicine is, is funded from clinical care. Um, so that, that puts them in a different league than British Columbia where that, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Great. So uh, for, this is for both of you, and uh, I guess we'll start with Leanne. Uh, what, is, what has been like the most fulfilling fundraising project you've ever worked on in your career? So this is a, it's a funny little one. It's small. I think it was, was $100,000 from a small organization called the Alva Foundation run by a bunch of non-scientific people. And it was um, a little epilepsy project that brought together one of our, our clinicians who's based at uh, Children's Hospital and uh, a former faculty member who was in medical genetics. And they put together a small collaboration to identify genetic mutations in children with epilepsy. And I'll never forget when the, the clinician phoned me one day after having received the, this, again, small grant, $100,000 for this kind of work isn't very much. And she goes, Leanne, Leanne, we identified a mutation in one of the kids and by so doing, we saved a life. And I was gobsmacked. I was gobsmacked because mm -hmm. the work we do, I mean, you guys know basic science and medical science, it's years and years of work and you, you can rarely define that moment. And I'll tell you, it just, her delight, my delight, it was, it was a defining moment of my career. Really cool. What about you, Debbie? Yeah, there's a, there's a number. I, I think I would, um, I would go back to when I worked for Big Brothers Great Vancouver Foundation. And I, I will bring this up because I'm a huge uh, golfer. And so uh, when I was asked to take on the golf tournament, it was like, what? Are you kidding? Whistler, are you kidding? It was uh, absolutely fantastic. But um, we worked very closely uh, with our presenting sponsor, Canaccord Capital at the time. And uh, it was uh, quite intimidating working with all the top executives of uh, Canaccord at the time. And it, they wanted it to be a premier event. And um, I, I think that the, it, it's not so much the one event, but just over, t over time that the ability that we were able to build it out to actually netting over a million dollars uh, over a two-day event. And it was such a, every year was a master undertaking because it was a solid and a live auction. And just the, it was just so exciting to watching these people just bidding, uh, outbidding each other. And of course, there's a, um, uh, if you get a bunch of golfers in the room, a bunch of brokers in the room, they're always one-upping one another. And it was just always quite, Quite a delight to watch. Quick sidebar, what's your favorite course to play in Vancouver? Uh, I would say Bear Mountain on the island, on Vancouver Island. It's a nice. place that I go to just about every year, but uh, um, 
yeah, there's many, but that's mm-hmm. my that's my go-to. Another side side question: Who's your favorite golfer? <laughs> oh my god! Or current? My, my well, you know, I uh, was a huge fan of of Tiger for many many years. My son got into golf when he was uh, similar two years old with a real golf set, the whole bed. And, and uh, I will still pick Tiger because people started calling my son Tiger Wu. And that was, that just became his name. It was pretty fun. That's great. Yeah. Um, so naturally this SPM is top of mind for Miguel and I, and we'll, we'll, we'll jump to this question first. Uh, so, and we'll, we can start with Leanne uh, for you in terms of both the development lens as well, maybe an FOM lens, what, what's exciting about SPME? What I find most exciting about the School of Biomedical Engineering are the, the innovative collaborations that are that are coming up and they're, they're coming up all the time. I've been meeting with some of our newer faculty lately just to get to know them and hear what they're doing. And I've talked to people at St. Paul's, BC Children's Hospital, the Life Sciences Institute, the Javid Movafagan Center for Brain Health. And I've had a number of people say to me, oh yeah, I'm doing a real cool collaboration with someone in the School of Biomedical Engineering. And and they're taking medical problems and just looking at them from such a different lens. So I would say the collaboration of our our new faculty on coming up with new ways to to improve health. That's great. And you, Debbie? Um, Yeah, I think I'm pretty similar. I think it's about, uh, from the engineering perspective, it's just, uh, so many of our um, engineers are entrepreneurs, and many of them, of course, are also in the uh, the biomed biotech sector. And I think that you know, when I first came to UBC, we had a very small biomedical uh, program that was really uh, focused on the graduate level, as you know. And so, to actually launch a school a couple of years ago in partnership with Medicine was amazing and, and, and just having the clinicians, you know, um, having the engineers work with doctors to try to find uh, new technologies that is really going to, you know, extend lives, you know, save lives. Um, I think that it's going to be phenomenal. And with the new building, of course, to be able to bring, you know, industry you know, and continue to increase the collaborations between our students and researchers and industry. So, super That's exciting. That's great. Now, and you, you both play a key part in, a, in everything we do. So thank you for your constant support. Yeah, you, you're, our, you're our big champions out there right now. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so, uh, so Epsi recently launched uh, the new Strat Plan. Uh, so Debbie, what can you say about it, at least from a um, development perspective? Yikes. that's usually what follows the strat plan development process yeah yeah you know i think um when i think about strategic plans it's always such a huge undertaking and it takes so much careful thought and long long drawn out process and you know the worst thing we we all know is if it's on the shelf and so it's very purposeful that our dean is like, okay, we got this plan. We made a huge investment in time and money in it, and we've got to make things happen. Um, I guess, um, I mean, with the, the ambitious goals in the strategic plan means that there's a, some pretty hefty fundraising goals to support those, uh, those activities uh, to achieve the vision for the faculty. But I guess at the same time, um, 
that's uh, for me a fundraiser's dream. Or if you've got focus and you've got clarity on where you're going and why and how that's going to benefit society. Uh, so I think from the development, while it's uh, overwhelming in some ways, it is really important and it's, uh, it, it just really gives us good focus. Mm-hmm. And similar for you, Leanne, back to medicine is sort of refreshing their strap plan. And so what's your take on it in a development lens? Yeah, I'm really excited about our, our refresh of our, our building the future strategic plan um, because we can now see our donors and alumni in it. They, they are actually captured in what we're calling the partnership pillar. And that was really important to us that, you know, that the, the plan is, it is a living document. It is something that we use to sort of guide our work, but we also need our partners to see themselves in it. And, and so I've been brought into the committee on the, on the plan to make sure that what, what the final product is, is something that will um, not only inspire donors and alumni, but they'll see themselves in it. And I mean, the, the, the breadth of the work we do in medicine is, is massive, but some of the, the key areas in the refresh plan are things like translational medicine, data science, virtual health. And these are, these are really innovative areas, many of which, I think all of which, the School of Biomedical Engineering is, is playing a role in. And so great opportunities, new on opportunities for our donors. Great. Speaking of, of that strategy um, and the, the fact that, uh, as you say, uh, the Faculty of Medicine is, is the, the only faculty in, uh, in British Columbia, um, you have a big reach across, um, across British Columbia and, and different training sites all over the place sort of thing, right? So how has that fit into the strategic plan and, uh, and especially with wanting to make partners visible? You know, it's it, the, the, the real benefit to what we call our distributed program. So it's our, our educational program that has the four hubs of Vancouver, Fraser, Victoria, Prince George and, and Kelowna is that not only do we have our undergraduate medical students in those areas, but we have various residents, trainees, research programs going on. So in terms of the, the strategic plan, I'm not, I'm not sure it's changing at all other than there's a continued focus on ensuring that our distributed programs are are part of everything we do. Uh, we're going to grow into the Fraser into Fraser Health because there's just such a need oh. for um, for programming out there. So really, seeing what we can do to to bolster our education in there, working more closely with places like Royal Columbian Hospital and Surrey Memorial Hospital to have more trainees in there at the undergraduate level and also at the the, the graduate level. Um, and we, you may have read about this really cool project that was just funded by TD Bank, that it's a drone project um, that we're, we're partnering with First Nations partners to deploy, deploy drone technology to fly in necessary health supplies into rural and rural communities across British Columbia. And that, that is truly a partnership with First Nations, people in that general area, people here in Vancouver to be making it happen. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Debbie, similarly, AppSight does cover a broad scope as well. I mean, there's the engineering classical units, but also schools and so forth, including School of Nursing. So is, is that a challenge or a fun aspect in terms of the development activities? Yeah, I guess it's both, but I, I don't know. I, I think of it as really fun. I mean, I think because our disciplines are so varied and broad, I think that there is such a great opportunity to learn different um, 
different disciplines. And I, I, I think the challenge and what's also very fun um, is learning about all the research and the impacts on, you know, um, you know, healthcare, on the environment, on societies, cities, communities is really fascinating. And then, of course, you know, like I think way back in the day um, when I first started, it's like, okay, this is like odd to have this faculty with this, these different schools. How does it all fit? But you know, over time, and I think that there's been a lot of, uh, there's been so much more collaboration over the last 10 years uh, uh, amongst the disciplines that you can totally see how it all fits together when you're tackling a problem, which is typically what, you know, applied scientists do, uh, so that you can really see from different angles. And so I think from that perspective, it does bring the faculty together um, and it is cohesive. Sure. Now, uh, so we'll, we'll we'll pivot here from the uh, from the, the heavy stuff. Uh, you, you talk, uh, Debbie, about uh, you know being very very passionate about serving society. Um, what does that mean to you? And do you have any advice for anybody who wants to step up and serve? Uh, yeah. Um, it seems self-righteous to even say anything, but I think I mean uh, to me. I think it's all about um, sharing or giving of yourself in some way that is going to better another's life or their circumstance. Uh, and I think that it, it's varied. Uh, I've chosen the career uh, of service and I've, since I graduated from university, I've only worked for nonprofit except for one short when I took a year off um, and decided to fly around and work for an airline, which was quite fun. Um, but that was important to me. And I think that we all do it in our, our own way. It could be a random act of kindness, even things as simple as, you know, recycling. If you're recycling, that's a service to me. And so it really varies. I think about what people, what advice I'd get to people and I think what is really important, just like what we do in our donor work, is think about what, where are our interests, what are our passions, and what are the talents that we can use and give to others. It could be money, it could be time, um, but it's always a beautiful thing when you're able to match it up, like your passions and your interests and abilities, um, to a need that um, is out there in, in the world that you can help make better. It's pretty simple, actually. We need more and more of that every day, <laughs> this complex mm -hmm. climate. Um, mm -hmm. So Leanne, De Debbie mentioned her love of golf and interest in that. And we've read about your creativity in the kitchen and you, you love to cook. So is there a favorite meal and style of cooking you'd like to cook with or do with? or? <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm getting a little bored of like the dinner cooking because that's, you know, in COVID, that's all we do. But um, so I'm really focusing right now on what is my my personal food passion, which is dessert. I just love dessert. Yes. <laughs> love dessert. Yes. And mm -hmm. and I, I don't cook a lot of dessert for a few reasons. My husband has a pretty severe gluten intolerance. 
Um, mm. And he has no self-restraint. So he will eat things and then, <laughs> and when he doesn't eat things, I will eat the whole thing. So I, I save it for mm. occasions when there's lots of people, which there haven't been, but nonetheless, I'm just, I'm indulging myself. And I found a few great recipes in COVID. One's a, like a butterscotch chewy granola bar, which is to die for. Say more things like that. Yeah, yeah. That's great, yeah. <laughs> Another one is like, um, it's called a millionaire bar. It's got a shortbread crust and then it's got a custard that's got some tahini in it covered with oh chocolate and sesame seeds. That was another winner. I did a lot of that one this summer. And next week I am making um, what I like to call my epic carrot cake, layered cake, of course, with the, the cream cheese icing to, to share with a neighbor for her birthday. So uh, when we're back in the office, I'm going to start bringing in some some more goodies. I haven't done that for a long, few years, but I'm really into it. So hopefully my my new office is uh, close to the new SBME building and I'll bring you guys some goodies. That's great. Yes, that is we'll, correct. We'll, we'll, we'll hold you to that. But just an <laughs> offshoot, just fun, another fun question. I thought, I'm sure you both have to go to a lot of restaurants pre-pandemic and post with, do you have a favorite one, Debbie and Leanne, that you would recommend a good spot to get some good food, but a good place to also close the deal or have a good meeting? <laughs> Gosh. You know which one I, I go to a lot, and it's not very good. <laughs> it's, the it's the University Golf Club. It's just, it's, it's, um, you know, just on on University Boulevard yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, it's just, it's pub, it's pub food. But I've got a few older donors that just love to go there, and they've got these little booths at the back that allow for a private conversation. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a bit of a go-to for me, but I wouldn't say it's excellent. Yeah, fair. But that's so funny you say that, Leanne, because ditto, I do have some certain age group. It's the go-to, <laughs> seriously. And there has been deals closed. Probably that restaurant more than any other, for sure, I would say. Great, great insider quick, tip. Quick, quick question for, for Leanne, too. You mentioned being in the publishing industry oh, a long time ago. Did you work on the acquisition side or distribution? I was on the right side. So I sold okay. rights to um, foreign, foreign publications, whether it was translation or distribution rights. Oh, fascinating. Cool. Yeah. So maybe, Miguel, you can take us home. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, at the moment, uh, are there any initiatives or projects, endeavors you're overseeing right now that you are very excited about and you would like to get us excited about too? Let me start with Debbie. So none that I can re reveal at the moment, actually, because they're emerging. Those uh, are the best. I don't want to get people <laughs> excited, uh, but I'd, I think I'd rather share an, an endeavor that I'm taking on personally at home. Can I do that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I am attempting, I've taken, I've dug out my entire uh, garden on my patio. It's about 16 by 14, and I am gonna I don't know do something with it and uh, some people have called me impulsive so I've learned that I've done it backwards already I have bought bulbs online I bought all kinds of stuff only to realize that I don't have what my neighbor told me that Debbie you need the bones to the garden before you buy any of this stuff I'm uh -huh. like what what do you mean because I just and she said to me think about when you buy a house and you're gonna put some stuff in your living room you need to buy the couch the chair and the coffee table before you buy your pillows and put the pictures up and so yeah, I right. bought all of these other things not really 
not realizing that I didn't know anything about evergreens and thinking about the soil, the sun, the seasons, because of what I bought so far will last one season in the winter, it will look awful. And so now I'm just been doing a ton of reading and I, oh, so much that I don't know about gardening. So I'm starting from scratch. I'll you are a risk taker. A picture. Yeah, yep. please do. Isn't landscape <laughs> ar architecture, landscape architecture in I know. applied science? So, you need to get I know. <laughs> so it's so interesting. I had just thought of that this morning thinking, ah, I'm going to have to call someone up over there and say, hey, I bought like 50 bulbs. What do I do with them now? Yeah. <laughs> Nice. And Leanne, what about you? Well, in terms of excitement in, in medicine, it's, it's all things translational medicine. It's just it's the lens through which we are looking at everything because it's going and we've seen it happen with COVID. Like in yeah. less than a year, we've come up with multiple vaccines. And that's thanks to uh, translational medicine, people working together to advance medical science at, at high speed. And, you know, I, I don't need to tell you guys, but the School of Biomedical Engineering is paving the way for translational medicine. And the, the work you're doing is inherently translational nature. So I just, I'm excited to see this happening in, in the medical environment and to, to be really talking to our donors about it more and more to, to get them on board with us. Yes, that's so true. Uh, collaborative and we call it working at the convergence, at the interface, which is which is going to be the key yeah. for the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. We really appreciate you taking the time and being so candid. It was great learning more about yourselves and your portfolios. And again, uh, looking forward to working with you more on SPME side and going forward. So thank you again. No, thanks thank for you. the opportunity. Thank you. It was thank a fun you. distraction. That was fun. Normal Zoom meetings. <laughs> yeah, yes, totally. Yes, it is. Don't put because that in the recording. there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's staying in. That's staying in. <laughs>